Often at the end of a sermon or a message, and I'm talking to people afterwards, whether it's in the lobby or later on in the week, somebody will come up to me and they'll say something to me like this. They'll say, Pastor, you really stirred the pot today. Or you really was stirring the pot this weekend. And while that's never my primary goal and agenda, sometimes a pot needs to be stirred. And that's exactly the kind of thing we're going to see that Jesus was up to as we continue in our series called Say What? And we talk about the mind-blowing things that Jesus said, especially in that part of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where he is challenging conventional thinking challenging conventional living. We've been talking about that over the last few weeks, and today will be no different as we see how Jesus stirred the pot and shook things up when he began talking about revenge. Yeah, you know revenge. Revenge says what you do to me or what you do to other people should be done to you. Yeah, revenge They should be given a taste of their own medicine. You know what? Somebody really needs to teach them a lesson. And what's interesting, and really I think the problem when it comes to revenge, is that we get consumed with it. Specifically, we get consumed with getting even. That's how it plays out. That's how revenge plays out in our lives, in our world. Is that we get consumed with getting even. Now, we have a tame word for it, a really... Uh, a really nice word that kind of tames it down and kind of levels the playing field and makes everybody go, yeah! And it's the word fairness, right? When it comes to getting even, we get really consumed and overly consumed with what is fair. Make sure it's fair. And we talk about fairness. The problem with fairness is that I have my own brand and you have your own brand and everybody has their own brand and own definition for what fair is is all about. Really what fairness often turns out to be is getting even. Revenge. And in our world, in our country specifically, we're eaten up with the pursuit of revenge. You just look around. You look around and you see it just about everywhere. (laughs) More times than not, you know what a lawsuit is about? It's about revenge. Like, we're going to get even. I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to get what I deserve because of what you did or because of what you didn't do that you should have done. More often than not, lawyers have a job. I'm talking about not every lawyer, obviously. There are lawyers that do things like close houses and stuff like that, so don't go off the deep end, but you know what I'm talking about. When it comes to lawsuits and litigation, that's often mostly about getting revenge. But it goes way beyond that. You know revenge is what drives war more times than not. Revenge is what drives the whole idea of capital punishment. Revenge is what we find playing in the background of rioting and looting and shootings. And if you're scrolling through social media, do you know what you're going to find? is that what is playing in the background of so many of the tweets and Instagram posts and things you read on Facebook is this whole thing of getting even. Our world is eaten up with it, and it's even in the church, and it's among Christians. 
You'll pay attention. You'll see how Christians get clever. They'll even use the Bible to say unkind things and to go on the attack against people they disagree with, they believe differently with, or they live differently with, and they go on the attack even using the Bible. Now, specifically, out of context. Because when you use the Bible to attack someone, you're taking it out of context. The Bible was never meant to be something, to be used as a weapon to attack someone else, even when you're getting even. And as we'll see, especially when you're trying to get even. But it's not just in the world, and it's not just among Christians in general. This is something that you deal with. Hey, it's something I deal with. This is something in our own lives, this desire to get even and go on the attack. I mean, if you don't believe me, just think. Think about how you find yourself responding when you watch the news or you're scrolling through social media and you're seeing what's happening in the world or in our country. Pay attention to what you're thinking and what you're feeling. If you find yourself going, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to hold those people accountable. Somebody ought to get up in their face and put them in their place. You know what's behind that? A heart of revenge. Even, even if you have a point, even if what you're seeing is wrong, that urge inside of us to rise up. And if you'll notice, if you'll notice, when you finally see them, get what's coming to them. You ever find yourself being a little happy or a little satisfied or going, serves them right? I'm glad they finally got what was coming to them. Now hold on, time out a second. Do you know what's really behind that at the heart level? This whole thing of revenge. Notice your response. Notice your response more specifically when someone hurts you, offends you, says something to you. When someone in your own life makes you angry, how do you respond? I mean, what is your knee-jerk reaction? When it's your spouse that ticks you off or a family member, or a coworker, or a boss, or that business competitor that did you wrong. And that shady deal. And they fudged the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Just to protect themselves and to make you look bad and everybody else doesn't know the wiser. But you know. And you're hot. You are. You want to get in their face. Notice your response. To people who hurt you, to anger you, offend you, and you find yourself wanting to get all up in their business. Put them in their place and let them know and give them a piece of your mind. We'll see how you like it when you get a taste of your own medicine. And we find subtle ways to do it even. We'll go to social media and those passive-aggressive, you know, little zingers. The things that we hope that they pick up on that we're really saying. We hope they read between the lines because we're not courageous enough to have a conversation with them, you know, face to face. So we're going to, you know, be passive about it, but yet aggressive, and we're going to attack them on social media. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll unfollow them. There we go. That'll show them. Or maybe we'll gossip. Well, gossip. And you say, well, I don't gossip. Well, you know, Christians have a very interesting way of gossiping. We often do it through prayer. You know, could you, could you pray with me for, for something? Well, sure, I'd be glad to pray with you. You know, this person over here, they really hurt me. I'm so sorry that they hurt you. Yeah, let me tell you what they did, and then we will just tell all kinds of stuff that was nobody else's business. See, that's the kind of stuff we do. Because revenge is in our world. It's in the church. 
And it's more in me and more in you than we are comfortable admitting. Now, you could say that all of that is just human nature. And, and I would agree with you. There's a lot of that that is just a part of being human that we have to deal with. But here's the deal. We're not just human beings. For those of us who call ourselves Christians, followers of Jesus, we have been called by Jesus to something better than just getting even, just revenge-seeking. In fact, to be specific, as we will see, Jesus calls us to give up getting even, to give up getting even and take revenge out of the playbook of our lives completely. Jesus makes this uncomfortably clear. Now, many times, as we will see in just a moment, Jesus was the ultimate pot stirrer. And when he took revenge, in that context in the first century, when he took revenge off the table as something that we could use to get even with people, that stirred the pot, and that was uncomfortable, and that was a challenge not just to his day, but as we will see in our day as well. Now, in the first century, it was a, a very barbaric culture, as just about all ancient cultures were, much more so than today. It was a revenge-driven culture, and often you would hear people talk about avenging their family name, avenging their honor, getting even because of what someone else did or because of what someone else said or how they were angered. People in that culture, even more so than today, were so quick to fight and so quick to take arms and so quick to go to war to avenge whatever it is they feel was taken unjustly from them. And so when Jesus walks in and he says, we're going to do something a little bit different, what he was challenging people to do was revolutionary and countercultural, but not just then. Also, for us today, let's look at what Jesus said. Here we have these three words that Jesus has said repeatedly in this section of this Sermon on the Mount where he's going to challenge some things and he starts with something that they all were familiar with when he says, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. In other words, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And at this point, everybody's nodding. Yep, that's what we've heard. Yep, that's what we know. Yep, that's the way it's always been. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And so what Jesus is doing, yet again, he's going back to the Old Testament law, and he's quoting from the Old Testament law something that his Jewish audience was very familiar with. Now, the Old Testament world was, again, an ancient, barbaric-type society driven by revenge. And if you'll notice in the storyline, in the narrative of the Old Testament, there's a lot of revenge-type behavior. There's a lot of war. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of punishing, and it's a very harsh culture. But here's what you need to know. Even though we don't have time to go into all the details right now, let me just highlight this for you. As you read through the Old Testament and you notice all this, please remember that God always works with a culture as a culture is. So God works with people where they are, according to how much their government has progressed, 
according to where they are in diplomacy, according to, for our culture today, where we are with technology. God always meets people and a culture and society where they are. So if this culture and society, like in the Old Testament, the world was very primitive and barbaric, God met them there and worked with them there. And the genius of it all is God still achieved his perfect plan and mission through Jesus Christ throughout all of that. But also remember that the whole purpose of the Old Testament law was to show people through Israel, show the world that they need a Savior, that we need a Savior. That the Old Testament laws, even the law that says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, isn't going to solve the problem. Isn't going to make the, the, the hurting and the pain and the fighting and the anger and all of those things go away just because we try to get even and seek revenge. An eye for an eye or tooth for tooth was part of the law. But remember, the purpose of the law was to show us that the law was not going to get the job done by itself. We need a Savior. So when the Savior, Jesus, showed up on the scene in the first century and saying, yeah, now it's always been an eye for an eye or tooth for tooth, but I'm changing things. But I'm going to raise the bar. I'm going to stir the pot and I'm going to take things to the new level because after all, he is the Savior of the world. So he's going to show us a new way, a better way. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say, Jesus said, there it is again, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Now, you may recognize this. This is where we get the famous phrase, turn the other cheek. And you hear Christians use this phrase all the time. Turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. And often we don't even realize where it comes from. This is where it comes from. And when Jesus said this, everybody in his audience knew what he was talking about. And what Jesus was referring to is this. Jesus was not saying being a glutton for punishment and say, hey, hit me on this side too. No. What Jesus' point was is don't fight back. Don't retaliate. Don't get up in their face and try to put them in their place. If someone hurts you and harms you, you don't go on the attack. And then he spells it out more clearly with some examples. For instance, if you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, if they take the shirt off your back, instead of freaking out and going on the attack and I'm going to countersue you and I'm going to take you to court and I'm going to do blah, 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 give your coat to. Just be the kind of person that says, fine, if that's the way you want to be and, and if that's the way you want things how things to go, then, then, then fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to retaliate and try to give you a taste of your own medicine. I'm not going to stoop to the level of the way that you are treating me. He goes on. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, which was a common occurrence back then, a Roman soldier could come up to you and say, hey, listen, I'm going this way and I'm tired. I want you to carry my equipment. I want you to carry my stuff with me while I walk the next mile. Give me a break. And you had to drop whatever you were doing. And according to how things went back then, you had to carry his stuff for a mile. Jesus said, when that happens to you, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two miles. This is where we get the phrase, go the extra mile. That's what's behind this. Jesus said, don't just do the minimum. When someone wants to inconveniently take something from you, respond to them in a gracious way. We'll come back to that. Then Jesus says this. Give to those who ask. 
Don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You put all this together, what Jesus is saying is be gracious in your response. Respond to mistreatment. Respond to the painful things that people say to you and do to you with a peace-filled response. With a gracious response. You even might go to the place where you need to serve them more than what they're asking you or demanding that you do. Now, and now, now listen, I know what, I know, well, at least I think I know what you're feeling right now. Feeling a lot of the things that I'm thinking right now and feeling. This goes against human nature. Like, what? Say, what? This is, wow, I, I, this, where does this come from? This goes against everything inside of us. This goes against human nature, but listen, it is the nature of Christ. Because Jesus modeled this for us. He modeled this beautifully for us and perfectly for us. No clearer picture in the world do we have of Jesus modeling this than the cross. It's the clearest at the cross. And remember, we're his followers. And as his followers, we look to him and see what he does and we follow him. So Peter, one of Jesus's closest followers, explains how Jesus responded when he was insulted. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't. And boy, he could have. You ever wanted to be Jesus? Right? You ever wanted to be God? Or tell you what, if I were God, you know, you know, I'd let him have it kind of thing. Well, Jesus is God. He was God. He is God. And he did not retaliate when he was insulted. Nor did he threaten revenge when he suffered. I mean, literally, Jesus could have said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. You know, you better watch it. There'll be hell to pay. And, you know, wow. You know, Jesus could have threatened a lot of stuff, but he didn't do it. Look at this. He left his case. Whatever was going on, he left his case. And ultimately, on the cross, he left his case in the hands of God. The words Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing, comes to mind. He left them in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. We follow Jesus' example in this. So, so here's the deal. Listen, I know there are circumstances in your life. I get it. I understand. Where everything inside of you is like, they must learn their lesson. They need to pay. They need to be dealt with. Somebody needs to hold them accountable. Isn't anybody going to hold them accountable? I mean, they need to be straightened out. And you may be right. But who should do it? You? Me? Us? That's what we get consumed with, trying to figure out how to make sure they pay for what they said or that they're exposed for what they did. We take it on ourselves and get consumed with it, but we need to remember this. Revenge is God's territory. In fact, later on in the New Testament, we find the word so clearly that God says, revenge is mine. I will repay I will be the one that does the repaying if any repaying needs to be done. Revenge is God's territory. And by the way, God can do it better than you can do it, and he can do it in ways that you and I haven't even thought of. And he'll do it in ways that you can't see. Maybe you're looking at a situation in your life, and you're going, yeah, but God's not. God's not 
holding them accountable. God's not getting, you know, revenge. God's not addressing that. That's why I feel like I need to step up and because I don't see God doing it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God can take care of the situation in ways when you can't see, in ways you can't see, in ways you don't know, in ways we can't understand. And maybe you're like me sometimes. You're like, but I want to see it. I want to see them get what's coming to them. I want to see them go down. I want to see them be held accountable. And when we find ourselves there, that is the heart issue of revenge. The very thing that Jesus took off the table, as we still struggle with that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, Jesus challenged us and said, give up. Give up getting even. Give it up. Let it go. And instead, when people take from you, Give grace to them. When people, not if, but when they take from you, you respond by giving grace to them. It's what Jesus did and it's what Jesus calls us to. We give when they take. We don't take back. We don't take more. We don't take faster and quicker and more severely. No, when people take, we give. And we are gracious about it. I, I, I get it. I understand. You're probably thinking what I'm thinking right now. But if I do this, they will take advantage of me. But if I do this, I will be taken advantage of. Possibly. No, probably. But listen, such is the life of a follower of Jesus. You gotta sit with that. We gotta wrestle with that. Such is the life of a follower of Jesus. It's not about getting even. Revenge is off the table. And it's not about my brand of fairness or your brand of fairness. I'll tell you what it's about. When they take from us, we give grace to them. Self giving grace, self sacrificing love, just like. Jesus has done for us. So imagine with me just a moment if we got this right. If just Christians got this right. I'm not talking about everybody else in the world, but just us Christians, just people in the church who claim the name of Christ and carry the name of Christ and claim to follow Christ. If we just got this right, can't you imagine how this world would change if we would give up getting even. And when people take from us, we give grace to them. Do so you want to see change in the world? That would bring change to the world. And not just change to the world. I believe so many people would look at that and be impacted by that, that they would be drawn to trust and follow Jesus for themselves. I mean, if we just got this right, Imagine how we could create a tidal wave of change in our world. Not to mention the fact, can you imagine how freeing it would be to not have revenge in your arsenal, to take it out of your tool belt, and so that when you're mistreated, you don't waste any time or energy trying to figure out how to get back, how to get even. How to get in their face and put them in their place. No, no, you, it's so freeing just to not be consumed with getting even. 
Imagine that. Now, not easy. Certainly very, very messy. Not very popular and certainly countercultural. But I'm telling you, my friends, this is the way of Jesus. So I want to ask two questions of you. Just want you to consider these two things as we begin to wrap up together. We're going to take this whole thing from an idea, from a concept, and make it very personal. Question number one. With whom should you give up getting even? With whom do you need to, in your life, take revenge off the table? out of the playbook, no longer considering, making sure they learn their lesson, get a taste of their own medicine, get in their face and put them in their place. Who? Maybe your spouse? Maybe even especially an ex-spouse? Somebody in your family? How about a friend? Or an ex-friend? You know that person? They're like, oh, we're done. We don't talk. Oh, we're done. I don't even want to see their face. I don't even want to hear their name. That is a heart of revenge. That needs to be addressed. And that is someone that you need to take getting even off the table. Give up getting even. It could be a business competitor in your career or a coworker. I don't know who it is, but I bet you do. And I bet it won't take you long to remember who you wish you could get even with, that's who you just need to give up. Stop playing it out. Give up getting even. Stop talking about it. Stop fantasizing and dreaming about it. Stop talking about what you wish you could do and imagining what you wish you could say. Just stop all that and let it go. Take revenge off the table and just decide to forgive them and move on. With whom? Do you need to give up getting even? Second question. Once you've identified who this person is, what can you do next? Okay, so it's not just going to be like, yeah, it's Bill. Yep, it's Sally. Yep, that's it. No, no, we're going to just leave it in concept phase. We're going to do something about it. What can you do next to show them grace? So what can you do next? Think about it. Maybe it's a conversation. It could be an email or a text, a phone call. Could it be that you should really step up and serve them? And yeah, it's going to shock them. Yeah, they're not going to see it coming. Yeah, they're going to think you have some kind of angle to play or ulterior motive. Yeah, they're going to question your motives. Okay, but serve them anyway. Could it be that you need to give them something? Serve them by meeting a need in their life? Or just a a gesture of kindness in some way? What do you need to do next to communicate to them that revenge is now off the table? Regardless of what they said, regardless of what they did, if any revenge or getting even needs to be done, you're going to leave that in the hands of God And you're going to trust it with him because he could do it better and he could do it in ways that you don't know and you can't see anyway. Your job, my job, is just to give up getting even. And when people take from us, what do they take from you? You, in return, 
give grace to them. By the way, who's given grace to you? Who's given grace to you? Instead of getting even. In case you need help with this, our Savior, who has all the dirt on me and all the dirt on you in the ways that not have we just offended each other, but we have offended him. And you want to talk about revenge. And yet, he shows grace. And we are his followers. It could be that you need to wrestle with these questions and kind of start praying about it. God, I need you to help me with this. This is hard for me. This is hard for me. Because I've been planning for years what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do and what. Yeah. But follow the prayer with a plan. What you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and when. How you're going to show grace and give grace to those that have taken from you. Because that, that is the Jesus way. I know, I know, I know. Everything inside of us goes, say what? Give up giving, getting even. What? Are you kidding me? Show them grace, give them grace because of what they've done. Are you kidding me? What? Say what? Yeah. Because that is Jesus' way and because we are followers of Jesus, that is our way and it must be your way and my way. So let's follow his example. And let's take a moment because we seek to follow him and ask for his help to give up getting even and give grace to those who have taken whatever it is they have taken from us. Doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean that it's all going to go away. But that's your job and my job. And we'll leave the rest in the hands of our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Our Father, this is messy. This is sticky. This is upsetting. For many of us to think that what? I, I, I can't get even now. What they said, what they did is not going to be dealt with and they're not going to be held accountable. What? Father, help us to realize that that is, that is not the point of this. The point of this is just that the getting even part is not our job. That's not what you want us to be doing and focusing on. That we should, just like Jesus did, we should leave all of that in your hands to deal with so much better than we could anyway. And we should give grace to those who take from us and just give up trying to get even. Help us, help me. How freeing it is to no longer be consumed so may we experience the freedom of what it looks like to give up getting even with those who have taken from us. And may we extend grace like we have been given grace from you. In Jesus' name, amen.